Welcome to the Army and Time Podcast, episode 11. All right, guys, it's been a little bit. Um, this PCS has been crazy. Uh, it's been a little hectic. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, I was stationed in Alaska. And obviously the Army decided that it was a great time to PCS during the winter. So, and because the Army only ships or the military only ships one vehicle when you're overseas then you have to drive the other one so right after the big ass snowstorm that went all across the united states and canada uh i had to pcs and i had to drive all the way from alaska through canada all the way to kansas so i don't know um <laughs> It's been tiring, it's been rough, it's been uh, stressing. Uh, I don't know what else, it's just, it's been crazy. So last week, I didn't record an episode, really the last two weeks I didn't record an episode, so I'm sorry about that, um, but this week I picked it up, I decided, you know what, I'm tired as hell, but I have to record an episode. So, um this episode is from the hotel room where I'm at. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I'm here with my dog, and that's it. Um, drinking water and rocking a cassie oak, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, the drive was, was pretty crazy. Um, Getting into Canada was pretty simple. So I was in Anchorage, which is not too far from the border with Canada. So I, what I did was I drove, after I got everything done, I drove all the way to a city at the border of, of uh, Alaska with Canada. And I stayed there that night. And then I decided the next morning I was going to drive into Canada and then just go as far as I could, which... The first day or two weren't too bad, but then started to get a lot more icy conditions and I was probably sleeping about four or five hours a, uh, a day and then just leaving really early in the morning, which it was dark and obviously it's winter. So we going into freaking, you know, four or five hours before light start to come out through the sky. So it was pretty rough, and then, I don't know, but that Yukon area of Canada, it's just fucking nothing. <laughs> it's fucking nothing. I don't know, I don't know how Rico uh, does it over there. I know he lives in Edmonton, but um, man, it was rough. It was a rough drive, and uh, yeah, it took me quite a couple of days. And uh, once I got to, I passed the Yukon, British Columbia area, and I got into Alberta in Canada, then it was a lot better because now it was a lot more, it was cities, it was bigger towns, it was a lot easier uh, to uh, drive through there in the winter. But then I got back into the United States. And for whatever reason, 
the weather just took a turn and it got really bad around uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and uh, Wyoming. Wyoming, second half of Wyoming wasn't that bad. I stopped in Wyoming to kind of be a tourist for a little bit and I stopped at uh, the Yellowstone portion over there by Devil's Tower. And the first day in, in uh, Wyoming, it was great. And I should have went to Devil's Tower that day. But then obviously I decided to go to Devil's Tower the second day and weather was shit. So <laughs> I got to see nothing. No Devil's Tower, okay? But um, it was still pretty, pretty cool. After that, then the rest of the trip until I got to probably... Um, really until I got into Kansas it was it was crappy it was just crappy crappy weather um, it was high winds uh, really foggy so it was just trash so it's been stressful but now here in Kansas so if any of you guys out there want to uh, hit me up about it Hey, hit me up. We'll get together. It'd be cool. But, yeah, I'm here in Kansas now, finally. And uh, I'm still on leave. I still have not reported. So, <laughs> I'm going to take some time to rest and shit. But, still don't have a house. Still living in the hotel. For those of you in the military, you know how it is. You get to a base, and obviously you don't have a house yet. So, it is what it is. But, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. So, like always, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about watches and uh, some of the new stuff out there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about G-Shock. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about G-Shock. It, it might be a little bit of a controversy, but we're going to talk about G-Shock. And uh, let's start with, uh, with some watches. So... I know last year was the year of the GMT, and apparently this year we're still going for GMTs. Uh, but Tiso released a C Star 1000, the GMT version, which really, I mean, it's just a it's just a Tiso C Star 1000. But um, if you've seen the one that I have, this one has a different bracelet. Is the the H link that they are going with now? For their C stars, I think they they started putting that bracelet after they came up. They came out with the thirty six millimeter C star, but this one is uh, that same bracelet. It doesn't. You can pre order it now, but it doesn't ship until February six. It's still power mitigating movement, so it's just probably an adaptation of that movement. And uh, the difference in here is the bezel. You have a 24-hour bezel. You don't have a diver's bezel, which I know Schmitty from <laughs> from Rich Cheese Radio is probably not a fan of because he wants a diver bezel. But this one, and I, you know, I have to agree. I, I, I prefer a diver with an inner ring for your 24 hours, and then give me a diver bezel, a diver bezel, and that looks. I think that 
uh, works a lot better in reality. You don't need to track fucking five time zones on your watch. So uh, this one has, I guess, a copycat of the Sprite from Rolex, <laughs> but the bezel is black and green. So you have the top uh, portion is black, the bottom board, uh, portion is green. You have uh, the regular hands, regular seconds hand, with the T as a counterweight for the seconds hand. And you have a red hand for your GMT hour. Um, one thing that I'm going to say is that they, they took the date from the 6 o'clock uh, position. If you see mine, mine has it at the 6 o'clock position. It's a circle. This one is back to be a square, back to being a square at the 3 o'clock position. Uh, I mean, what I don't like about this watch, which is the same you know, issue that I have with my C-Star is the amount of text. It has so much text on it, and now they added a GMT on it. So it has all the same text plus GMT. Um, so it's, it's six lines of text. It's ridiculous. But pretty cool watch. I do like the movement on this watch. The cool thing about this one is the dial has texture. It's not the regular black dial, uh, typical uh, that you see on the C-Stars. You have texture on this dial and it looks pretty cool. Um, obviously, this is not a, a Grand Seiko type of texture level on the dial, but it is a pretty cool texture uh, that they put on it, so it looks pretty cool. Um, this is a $1,200 watch, so you're not going for a Grand Seiko price. You're not going for a you know, Swiss GMT that costs you um, four grand, three grand. No, this is, this is a um, $1,200 TSO. So you still get 300 meters of water resistance and the same look of, of the Sea Star line, so it looks like a diver. The only thing is, it has a 24-hour bezel and a GMT function. So that's that's what that that's what that is. Okay. Uh, if you look at the, the the pictures online, the movement looks identical through the see-through glass bag. Uh, to the other C stars movements, um, no difference on that. Yeah, pretty cool watch. I mean, that's all I can say, really. Um, yeah, and this is probably more than likely. I don't see anywhere here where it says this is a true GMT. So this is gonna probably more than likely gonna be a uh, office GMT. Which, if you're looking for a um, true GMT, this is not the watch for you. But I'm not sure. Okay, this is U.S. exclusive, so it's only going to be sold in the U.S. So yeah, not much more to say other than that. All right, moving on. Now, one that I'm really excited about that is pretty cool is the Zodiac with in collaboration with Rowan Blazers with Harry Barr. It's, it's that's the whole name is that. <laughs> Zodiac Roaring Blazers for Harris Bar Super Caesar. That is a long ass name, <laughs> but it's a cool watch. You know, it's uh, it has that green dial, and then uh, the little design at the bottom six o'clock date window is at the three with a very 
unique shape for the bait window. Um, the bait window is black and the dial is green. But that the green, the dial on this watch has uh, like a sunburst uh, texture to it or finish to it. It looks pretty cool. I gotta say I like it. Um, again, this is this is 100% Zodiac. Um, extreme Zodiac. <laughs> it's just a cool Zodiac watch. I, you know, if you haven't seen seen uh, Zodiac before, Zodiac does have does have a lot of color in their watches, and this is a very good uh, example of that. I should say because it looks cool. I like it. The back of the watch is just, it's not a see-through case back. Uh, it has rolling blazers uh, on the back in the middle. And uh, it looks decent. It comes with a bracelet and a NATO strap. The NATO strap is black and it has a red uh, stripe in the middle. Looks good, looks good. I gotta say, this is a, this is a good pickup. Um, this is $1,500, so Staying around the same price as your Super Sea Wolves, this is 20 millimeter um, strap width, 40 millimeter lug to lug, uh, not lug to lug, uh, case diameter. So typical, uh, typical for your Super Sea Wolves, 200 meter water resistance and great loom. So pretty cool, pretty cool, automatic, pretty cool. I gotta say I like it. I like this more than the Seiko versions for the Rolling Blazers. I don't know why, but this seems to be better executed than the ones from Seiko. I, I'm not a fan of the ones that Seiko did. This one, I like more. I, I definitely. I mean, difference in price also, right? But this one, definitely I like more. So, worth taking a look at it. We're taking a look at it now. The next one is not a new watch, but it's a restock. So it's not a it's not a, a secret that I love Notice. So Notice watches, they have the Retrospect three restock. So if you were looking for the the slate gray, nebula blue, and uh, the orange, they do have a restock. So you can go get it. And this is the one that is their latest version, and it comes with the Notice Notix clasp, which I've been raving about that clasp since it came out. So, hey, don't wait. I, I gotta tell you, man. Like, again, this is four hundred and seventy-five dollars. I just, I am constantly surprised about how Notice is able to put out these watches with this quality of watches for that price. I just don't understand it. <laughs> and give you a proprietary uh, clasp, uh, you know, with it. it. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. But hey, it's there for you to enjoy. Um, the blue looks really cool. Really good. Really cool. Damn, it's just sexy. All right, <laughs> stop looking at this. <laughs> All right, so Oris. Oris has been lately stepping up their, their price. Um, but at the same time, this Oris has been utilizing their uh, 400 movement in-house caliber uh, in their watches lately. And now they came out with the new Big Crown pointer date 
and is the caliber 473, which is a variation of the caliber 400. Now, this looks pretty good, I gotta say. This is, this is pretty cool. Um, I the hands, the hour and the minute hand, that I still prefer the old hands, but it is good. It, it, it does look good. Um, I have nothing bad to say about this. It looks very good. It has a, that, I don't know, it's not a Tiffany blue dial. It's a, it's a bluish dial for sure, but it's not uh, Tiffany blue. So I, I like the combination of that with the red of the pointer date um, hand. So it looks good. And this is now, this is, is going to be stepping up in price because it's $4,400. But again, this is an in-house movement from, from Morris. They're stepping up into, you know, that level right before getting into like Tudor or, you know, Omega. So obviously you're, you're going to see a little bit more quality, but at the same time you're going to see higher prices. This is a beautiful movement, I gotta say. 120 hours power reserve, beautiful movement. Now, this is 38 millimeter uh, case and 50 meters of water resistance. So keep that in mind if you're looking for something different. Now, one that I think this was released probably a little bit further back, and I'm not going to touch on this a lot because this one was definitely um, covered under with uh, the research uh, radio guys. I don't want to cover it double. <laughs> Uh, but the the Hoyer, the Tag Hoyer Carrera, the Panda version, but it's black subdials with like a silver um, Panda type of uh, combination. So it's a silver dial with the black subdials for the chronograph. And uh, this looks very sexy. Okay, it's a limited edition Carrera. Chronograph 60th anniversary watch. It looks really good. Um, this is, to me, this is the way Hoyer or Tag Hoyer should be um, moving forward. It, like, this is the type of watch that, when I think of Tag Hoyer, this is the type of watch I think of. This is what, you know, um, looks, they do the best. Honestly, this is. This is really sexy. It's really cool. Now, um, yeah, I mean, it's just good. It just works. It works. You know, this. I mean, it, chronograph. It has a hundred meters of water resistance. That's that's good. <laughs> if you if you're if you don't like the fact that Omega has fifty meters on the Speedmaster, then this one has a hundred meters. So. Hey, can't can't go wrong with it, right? And this is probably let me see. It's seventy four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is a good watch. It's only six. I don't know. It's only six hundred of them that are going to be made. So, you know, it's not like everyone is going to have. A shot at it for whatever reason they, they continue to release this and you know 
small numbers, but hey, it looks good. If you want to fight it out for it, go ahead. It, it's one of the best representations for, for Tag Heuer um, on this watch. So again, I'm not going to cover much on it because other podcasts have covered it already. So I'm going to go ahead and move on in this one. Now, Seiko debuted the Prospects 1965, which is the, you know, reinterpretation of Save the Ocean uh, watch. It's SLA 065 for you military folks. It's that Sierra Lima Alpha 065. This is, I mean, typical Prospects uh, Seiko Diver. The dial has a different look. It has a texture to it. It has a pattern to it. And that's it. Right? It looks good. It, you can't go wrong with the Seiko Diver. I've, I've said this a bunch of times already. This is a really good watch. It looks good. You know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just good. It's just good. Now, the, the lube on it is a little bit yellowish, so it gives you that vintage uh, look. And the diver bezel, also blue, doesn't have the tick marks from 12 to 15 minutes only from the uh, the, tw the 15 or 20 minute mark. It has them all around. So it goes kind of like the Seamaster, right? This one is going all the way. It gives you increments of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And uh, the tick marks go all around. So that's, that's different from most of the of the diver vessels that you see out there but this is going for that 62 mass um look right the seiko had on on those uh older prospect uh, divers so yeah i mean okay so this is the perfect way to say it. this is exactly the same watch as the Sierra Lima Alpha 017, the SLA 017 from, I don't know, uh, let's say they released that watch, what, uh, five, six years ago? And it's exactly the same watch, but it's a blue colorway. The bezel is a little bit thicker. And or wider, I guess, however you want to say it. And then it has that pattern in the dial, right? That older watch didn't have that. It was a simple black dial, and that was it. Thinner um, bezel, this one is wider, and it has that pattern in the dial. So other than that, basically the same watch in blue. So I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. Um, it's... 41.3 millimeters in diameter, 13.1 millimeter thick, 20 millimeter lugs, and lug to lug is 47.6. So, um, old school diver for Seiko, right? This is not your Seiko 5 look. This is an old school diver for Seiko. This is a really sexy watch. So, yeah, pretty good. Comes in a rubber in a blue rubber strap. So, <laughs> that's that. I mean, if for those of you that are uh, bracelet boys, hey, go Uncle Seiko, get you some uh, bracelet over there, and you'll be good to go. So, wait, I'm reading about this right now, right? And it says, 
surrounding the crystal is the integration of the titanium vessel fitted with a metallic blue system unit allows time insert. <laughs> and it says the thin area surrounding the insert, right? The part along with the bevel separating the top of the lugs and the side of the case is Suratsu polished. All right. <laughs> Damn! Alright, so this is very well finished, okay? Very well finished, um, um, Seiko. So, yeah. I mean, uh, 50 hours of power reserve, so typical for Seiko. Uh, really sexy watch, but the, the old school diver look for Seiko with a, a little bit of a pattern dial. That's that. Now, moving along now, in the past, we have talked about the the guys from Foster Watch Company and their 11 Atmos uh, Skin Diver, which, by the way, they're restocking. I don't know if you guys heard the Spring Bar Podcast episode with them, but they're restocking a couple of the different dials. They're going to do some stuff over there. They're going to work some magic, and they're going to, they're gonna get a different, uh, a couple of more from different dials. So hey, keep an eye out if you if you were looking for different dials uh, from them. But this one, it's a skin diver, but it's a Vulcan skin diver. So these are Vulcan Nautique, not whatever. I'm not even gonna try to say it. <laughs> uh, I'm too tired for that, but. Uh, Vulcan has a new skin diver. It's pretty much the look of a skin diver. Um, old school loom is, again, very vintage looking. The bezel is very thin. Um, this one definitely, I don't know, very different from what you, if you remember, if you have that look of the 11 Atmos in your head, this one is definitely definitely different okay this is not it this is not that now this is let's see 38 millimeters in diameter 12.2 thick and 43.8 from lug to lug so this is a very sm a lot smaller compared to the 11 at most this one to me when it comes to the dial when it comes to the bezel looks like a skin diver but when it looks to the shape of to the, when it comes to the shape of the case not so much this is more of a typical case and then you get your uh your that look of a skin diver from the thin bezel the tick marks all around and that dial look let me see let me see what they have on the on the glass come on Hessie boys for life let's see let's see let's see uh, I don't I don't see it I don't see it I really don't so I don't know I don't know if this has a Hessie or if this a actual glass let's see can't find it don't know now this only comes in black and blue dials and is no date okay so there's an automatic movement eta movement 
38 hours of power to serve. Um, let's see. That's it. Yeah. Come with sapphire glass, so it's not a Hesse. So, eh. I don't know. It's 200 meters of water resistance. This is not, to me, this doesn't scream skin, uh, skin diver. And at the same time, this is about $1,500. So not my favorite release from Vulcan, but um, the blue dial looks pretty cool. I appreciate that one. <laughs> That's pretty much it. All right. Now, moving on to the last watch I'm going to cover before. And this one is the last one for a reason. Okay, we're going to talk about this for a reason. Okay, now, this one is a Casio G-Shock 90s Heritage. And it's a limited edition. The code name is Delta Whiskey 5610 Yankee-9. Okay, this is your typical old school 90s g-shock casio g-shock digital and the colorway is yellow everywhere <laughs> with i guess the bezel right i guess the bezel what if you picture the g-shock the classical g-shock you know that ring that it has around where it says protection on top and g-shock at the bottom that is gray but protection and g-shock is on yellow and then it has some red details in the in the around the screen and in the back for the strap one of the holders is red that's it right this is yellow as hell now this is definitely definitely a summer watch i don't know why they release it now i mean it, it is is it is a g-shock so it's a good it's a good watch to wear anyway but this is <laughs> Definitely a summer watch. This is a super cool summer watch. Hell yeah. Now this is 110 bucks. So very different from uh, what we have been talking. But again, your typical mineral glass, digital, you know, you got your backlight, 200 meters of water resistant quartz. You know, this is your typical G-Shock. It's just the colorway is fun as hell. Okay, this is yellow. Yellow, 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 <laughs> yellow everywhere, but very bright yellow. So, if you're into those color uh, G shocks, this is probably for you. This looks pretty good again, limited edition. So, I don't know how, gonna, how many they're gonna make of this, but shock resistance and yeah, two years of uh, battery life can't complain. So now, the reason why I left this one for the end, and I guess this is the controversy part of the episode, <laughs> when I pick it up a little bit more, because I know it's been, a it's been a little bit, you know, mellow in the beginning, but, so, I talked about this in my episode with, um, in the last episode, actually, episode 10, with uh, Watches, Warriors, and Whiskey, and, you know, we talked about 
a G-Shock or that type of watch that, that you know military members use a lot. And I told the story of how wearing my um, my G-Shock for Sears School was a very bad idea because you know it turned out to be it turned out to be a, a a point for them to use against me, right? Now, that's that's a non-issue. That's a, a you know that's a a mistake that cost you maybe some hours of sleep in school. That doesn't matter. That's that's nothing. But it reminded me when I saw the post from Watches of Espionage um, a couple of days before it got released. I saw it through the the newsletter before he posted it on on Instagram, right? Which he posted it yesterday, I think it was. Um, about the the G-Shock and that type of culture within the military and how it's not a good watch for spooks and you know now watches of espionage doesn't need me for shit you know he doesn't need me to say anything about it um, but honestly right since I started this podcast I've been saying it a lot there is a place for G-Shock. There is a place for this type of um, um, small watches, like an Apple Watch, the Ultra, or a Garmin, or a, a, a Sunto, or because I think that a lot of people, from what I was reading, a lot of people were confusing this with only being Casio G-Shocks being the problem. That's not the problem. You know, when I was part of that world, majority of people were not using G-Shock. We're using either Sunto or Garmin. Now, obviously, for the rest of the military, we use a lot of G-Shocks. They're great watches. You're not going to beat them when it comes to the usefulness and the amount of resources that you can get from that watch for the amount of money. It's impossible to beat. Again, the same can be said about it. Apple Ultra Watch or fucking Garmin or Sunto smartwatch. Okay, you can't you can't beat it when it comes to the the things that you get out of it. But at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, he's not talking and I'm not talking about the rest of us now that I'm not in that world anymore and I'm a fucking office guy in S6 and the rest of us that are just in the army or in the Marines or in the Navy or in the Air Force or the people that don't work in the Coast Guard and the Space Force. <laughs> um, it, you know, I'm not talking about those. He's not talking about the, the rest of us. That we can use those watches whenever, right? It doesn't matter. We, we have a uniform we have all our gear. Obviously, it's going to give us away. Yes, we're soldiers, period. It is what it is. But what I'm talking about is in that world of espionage, in that world where you're running assets, maybe you're a special forces guy, but you're running assets at that moment. You're not running a raid. You're not doing regular operations. You're running assets. When you're doing that stuff, you can't look like a military person. 
right? It is hindering. It does play against you. Now, you can get mad all you want, and you can say, hey, freaking, it worked for me. I did it. Great. Fucking perfect, okay? But I got to tell you that I was in a situation where I almost lost my life because of the fact that I looked too much like a fucking soldier, okay? And it was a learning curve for me. Okay, so, yeah, sure. I learned, I adjusted, move on. Now, did it happen to everyone? No, it didn't. But at the end of the day, if you're wearing a G-Shock in the inside of your wrist, you're a soldier, period. You're some type of military person. You're some type of uh, police officer. You're a first responder. People will tell because of that that you're part of that community. And that's all I've been saying for a long time. That's all I think he was trying to say in his post. I don't, I don't speak for him. But they're great tools. There is a purpose in a situation and there is a moment for those watches to be worn, but not in that situation, right? Matter of fact, if you're going to go get a briefing and a skip in order to conduct an operation when you're running assets or you're doing some type of covert operation, I'm going to tell you right now, your smartwatch is not going to go in that briefing because you're not allowed to wear it, okay? You're not. Period. And I know Garmin has the Tactics Delta. The Tactics Delta, you're able to wear it because it doesn't allow you to make phone calls. It doesn't connect through Bluetooth. I mean, you can turn off Bluetooth. It doesn't connect Wi-Fi, none of that stuff. Okay? But anything that has connectivity can be exploited. Anything. Okay? So, if you haven't been in a situation where it gives you out, then great, perfect. We're not talking about that type of situation, that type of scenario, okay? I'm not talking about the nerds that work with me in S6 or in staff, what watches they wear. They can wear a fucking super connected Apple watch, Samsung watch, and they'll be fine. It doesn't fucking matter. What I'm talking about is the specific situation of being in that world of spooks for, I guess, relating it to everyone, but um, that world of spooks where you, you, you can't afford to be looking like a full-blown uh, military person. I get it. You're full of tattoos and your Oakleys are going to give you up. I get it. I don't know how many of you have experience with that type of the special operations side of the community where not just special operations but the the spook side <laughs> the amount of of showing that you do with your tattoos or with your you're not going to be wearing oakley's this doesn't apply only to watches it applies to everything you're going to try to look and blend in as much as you can period okay that's just how it is. It's not like the TV show Navy SEAL Team 6. It's not like fucking any TV show or so on and so on. Period. Okay. It's, that's, it's a very specific, and I said it before, 1%, maybe 0.5% of military members, they're going to have that experience where this type of watches are not the best suited for you. 
That's that's it. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else go fucking crazy with it. It doesn't matter. But that's pretty much it. Okay. So other than that, I think that, you know, for me, that's what started my path into uh, watches that were not smart or had any type of connectivity. But um, everyone experiences different. Okay? Now I'm in S6. So I can wear whatever the fuck watch I want. <laughs> and it's not going to bother anyone. Okay? I sit in a chair and eat Cheetos all fucking day. Okay? <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But, you know, for those of you that are in that type of world, maybe don't put yourself in that situation. That's it. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about it. Now, um, next week, I'm going to start again with uh, someone uh, coming into the podcast. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to find out next week. But... Yeah, I mean, this, this week, I just, I needed to take it a little bit uh, more chill. I know that the last part of the podcast, I probably alienated 50% of the, of the audience, and I went back to uh, my mom and my wife <laughs> listening. But, hey, look, I, I told you from the beginning it was going to be all fun, and we, I'm going to crack jokes, and I'm going to talk shit. That's just the military way. So we're going to continue to do it. But hey, look, remember, if you're in the Space Force, don't be sad, don't be mad, don't get angry. I'm just joking, okay? I know that you do work from 1300 to 1400 or, or whatever. But <laughs> hey, uh, no, nah, for real, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get a... Uh, a couple of people in the next couple of episodes back to back uh, make it up for you guys I know this episode probably was was shit compared to <laughs> the last couple of episodes but hey man I, I I was tired I was tired I'm still tired it was a, a long drive and uh, yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed it and let's uh, keep your eyes peeled for some new watches hey I saw the brew watches said that they were going to release a new watch soon towards the end of January. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, brew watches uh, is going to release something. So keep your eyes out for that. And that's all I got. So have a good rest of your week. This is going to release on Friday. So have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. And I'm going to talk to you guys next week. Okay. See you guys.